0: I want to talk to you this uh, afternoon uh, out of uh, the book of Numbers. So, but first of all, let's go to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. I heard y'all had a great time with Pastor Mike Roses last week. Yeah. I was tuning in a little bit and listened to him. I told him on the phone, I said, brother, you had me so convicted. I had to repent. I need to do better. I need to strive better. Better get some souls in the the kingdom here. We're lacking. So uh, hallelujah, he's a good friend and and a man of God. Uh, uh, You know, thanks for coming and listening to him. In the book of Isaiah 55, 8, 9, and we've read this scripture last couple weeks. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than Your thoughts. Now let's go all the way to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. Can you get that water right there? Numbers, chapter 12, and verses 1 through 16. We won't read it all, but if you can help me read this afternoon. um, Starting in verse 1, Numbers 12, 1 through 16. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Now, let's take a, this is kind of comical because Moses wrote the book of Numbers. Just want to let you know that. And he says he was the most, anyway, you'll get it later. Suddenly, in verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle meeting. So the three came out. Then Moses came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they b- both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face even plainly and not in dark sayings and he sees the form of the lord why then were you afraid to speak were you not afraid to speak against my servant moses okay i want to talk to you on the subject of trusting god's ways mm-hmm. trusting god's ways lord we thank you for your word bless your word let it come rama This afternoon, leap off the pages and into our heart, anoint our minds we may understand, our ears we may hear, our hearts we may receive. We are thankful for you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, oftentimes, I want to give you a little history lesson, and many of you know this. Moses' name means to be drawn out or, or to be drawn out of like a water. And uh, Moses was a, a unique uh, a person in the Bible. Uh, the reason is, is because he was born to slaves. Uh, and he was born into slavery, but yet he was not a slave. Um, when he was uh, young, uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt at that time was killing all the uh, male, uh, during that time, male children. That sounds like the story when Jesus was born. Uh, And so um, his mother and uh, his family hid him in a uh, basket and floated him down the river, the River Nile. And during that time, his sister Miriam was keeping an eye on him. And one of the daughters of Pharaoh rescued Moses. That's why she named him Moses. He was drawn out, rescued him. And he became a king's son. So he grew up in the land of Egypt as the Pharaoh's son. He ate from the the king's table. He ate from uh, the Pharaoh was the king. He ate from the king's table. He was educated by the best educators of the time. Uh, Moses knew no pain, no burden. Uh, there was nothing that uh, he uh, um, he understood about slavery. Uh, he spoke the language of Egypt. He was uh, in everything he did. Uh, It was Egyptian. His first language, I could imagine, was Egyptian, even though his mother became the woman that was his nurse. She became his quote-unquote nanny. And so although that he probably understood some words of the slave tongue, which was Hebrew, uh, but mainly he was educated as an Egyptian. And so within his life, there was a conflict. Uh, how many of us here in your life there are conflict? There was, Even though he did not know, but there was actually a destiny and a plan in his life. But yet he was conflicted. Because as he's gotten older, he began to see that there was injustice in Egypt that he killed an Egyptian because the Egyptian was abusing one of the Hebrew slaves. You know what? <clears throat> even though that it, it was already innate in him to be a savior. But his application is to kill one man to save another man was wrong. And because of that murderous act, Moses ran into the wilderness or in the desert and lived for 40 years. So when he left Egypt, he was 40. And then when God called him into ministry, he was 80. Anybody here that's 80? God's about to call you. My mom? Yes, mom? Mom? God's calling you. And so uh, the conflict with him was uh, that here he is, everything about him is Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. He walked like a king because he never looked down. He looked up. Uh, um, he ate from the finest uh, foods. He rolled the finest. If he, they had cars, he would be riding around in Bentleys and Rolls Royces. Uh, in those times, it would Bentley or Rolls Royce chariots. He, um, he had the most uh, best education. He knew uh, things of history. He knew antiquities. He knew different languages and culture. He knew uh, arithmetic and chemistry. He knew uh, to look at the stars and navigate. Th- this man was not normal, but yet he was in his blood a slave. And yet God had a plan. And so he kills a man and he runs from Egypt and 40 years. He marries a woman by the name of Zipporah. She, she was born to a man uh, named Jethro, which was her father. And Jethro was a priest. He was a priest of the almighty God, Jehovah. And he was there doing very well. He became a sheep herder. He had his own business. He, had, he was in the sheep business. And one day at 80 years old, he walks around in the wilderness trying to get in with his sheep and doing things that a sheep herder would do. A bush begins to speak to him and it started burning. But yet the Bible says it was not consumed by the fire. And God spoke to him and say, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes for where you are standing is on holy ground. And he says, OK, you're going to call me back to rescue who? He's like, you know, the Hebrew slaves. He said, but, and then we go to Exodus 4 and 10. Then Moses says to the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And as I shared with you before that I used to speak, uh, preach this and say that uh, Moses was a stutterer. He was not a stutterer when the Holy Spirit revealed to me. It's because he had to speak the Hebrew tongue. And because he thought in Egyptian first, and anyone here that is bilingual, uh, uh, that you, you are born in the States uh, and your parents are from another country like mine, uh, I came here as a child, so I am dual or I am bilingual. But because of my childhood and my education, I think in English first. And so when God called me back into my community or my culture, my Vietnamese culture, I was slow of tongue. That means I couldn't speak the word that was required to reach the community that God wanted to. And this was the problem with Moses. It wasn't an excuse. It was the truth. And of all people, God chose, chooses Moses and he says, I am slow of speech or, and tongue. I'm not eloquent. It's because he could not speak the tongue of the slaves. Why would a prince speak tongues of the slave? Mm. Hello. The slave have to speak the, the language of the master. Why in the world would the, would the royalty learn to speak the language of a slave? He wouldn't. So that the slave would have to learn to speak the language of the master. How many of us today that are, are believers in Christ, but yet we don't learn to speak the language of our master? And we still speak the language of our slavery to sin. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. You know, I'm ready for y'all. Right. That's because most people, uh, you know, the old saying is you can take the person out of slavery, but you can't take their mind. That's why the Apostle Paul keeps telling us be ye transformed by the renewing of your heart. Mind, Because when your mind is renewed, then your language will be renewed, then your action will be renewed, because now your heart is renewed. Because how you think dictates your future. How you think you begin to conceive. What you believe you can conceive. If you can't believe that you would never be better than you are, if you keep believing that because of the color of your skin, you will never amount to anything, I would beg to differ. Because God created us in his image. And how do you know that you are creating God's image? Because God is a spirit. So what color is a spirit? Amen. So what color is a spirit? And we often say these things. But the problem is we have to learn to speak the language of our master. Who is our master? He is Jesus Christ. The Lord, the true and living God, the one and only. And only through him can we come to the Father. And only through him uh, can we have eternal life. And so we've got to learn to speak the language of our master. The master would never learn to speak the language of a slave. And the Bible says that we were once slave to sin. So why would God want to speak the language of slavery? See, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's, that's God. And yet Moses comes and he says, but I, I'm learning. I, I've got to speak to these Hebrew people. And this is what gets me. And Then the Lord gets kind of upset with him. is because Moses thinks that his ways are better than God's ways. And he was trying to say, God, you don't know what you're talking about. You're picking on the wrong guy. The only thing I knew how to lead is sheep. Now you're telling me to lead million, two, three million people? Right? They'll have me for lunch. And of all things, God says he was angry. And God puts Aaron to be his translator. Aaron, Moses had a translator. It was his own brother named Aaron. And yet Moses' name means to drawn out. God had drawn out from the wilderness at 80 years old and he's going to put him right back in to where he started. There are some things in our life that we have to go back to to confront because God has a way to get you from where you were that you're trying to get away to get you to a place that no longer are you burdened from your past, but your past will become the launching pad of your future. Sometimes we try to not deal with some things, but God says, no, I'm not telling you to deal with it your way. You're going to deal with my way that when Moses went back, he did not go back as a runaway Uh, murderer coming back to pay his penance, but he came back as a rescuer in Christ, in God. And of all things, uh, he tells Moses to go, and Aaron becomes his translator. You know the name Aaron means light bringer? That's what it means, the one who brings light. Okay? So they were going back. And now Moses rescues. And this is what gets me is, God, of all people you could have chosen, Moses has never led anyone. The only thing he's ever led was sheep. And yet you put him right into a mega, mega church. He was the very first mega church pastor. Okay, he was the very first mega church pastor, and he had no microphone, no Instagram, no Facebook. He had no lights. He had nothing. He was walking around in sandals. And he was a mega church pastor of two, maybe three million people, plus all their pets. Walking around with no indoor plumbing. And every time they had need of water, they drank out of a rock for 40 years. Now, I thought, Lord, Moses was telling God that, God, you, your ways is not, it's strange. Uh, I can't really speak well. And you're asking me to go back and rescue these people that I don't think like them. I don't act like them. I don't know what it means to be a slave. If it was me, brothers and sisters, I probably would have chosen Aaron. Because Aaron knew what it meant to be a, a, a slave. He knew what it meant. And he spoke the language of the Hebrew. Uh, he, he knew all of the, uh, the problems that he could probably usher in. But God never wants us to be second. He always wanted us to be first. And so the slaves can never know what promises of God is. Because they've always been slaves. How can you know abundance if you've never had Abundance. How do you know that God heals if you've never been healed? How do you know until you have someone to lead the way? And our Father in heaven had a plan. That's why we got to trust God's ways. See, oftentimes we don't because we want to do it our way. That's me. I would have chosen Aaron. I'll be honest with you. I would have chosen Aaron. You know? His, his name means to bring light. Now it means bring revelation. But this is what gets you. is uh, Aaron brings light, right? But he's the same man that brought them to worship a golden calf. Oh, See, oftentimes we think that revelation, but he's the same man. And you know what the word Miriam means? It means rebellion. And Miriam is the derivative of the word Mary. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, gave birth to the... The, uh, the Son of God. And so, go with me. I'm going to help you. Are you ready? Yes. Here's some revelation for you Moses' wife Zipporah dies. And so, he's marrying another woman. That's why in Numbers 12, this woman uh, is Ethiopian. Brothers and sisters, she was black. Okay? And they had a problem with her because she's Ethiopian. But at least he didn't marry a Canaanite woman because it was forbidden. He could have married an Egyptian or anyone else besides a Canaanite. So he married an Ethiopian and they had a problem with it. And they told him, doesn't God speak to us too as leaders? Yes, we all have a place in God. God had a place for Aaron. God had a place for Miriam. But don't mess with God's ways. See, oftentimes we question God's God, why are you doing this? Why did you give me this? Why did you put me under him? Why did you do, put me under her? But God's ways are not our ways. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Amen. Yeah. You know, oftentimes as leaders, and we all are part of leadership, we question God. God, why do you do this? Why do you question? And yet of all things, they were mad because he married an Ethiopian woman. Why? Because she's Ethiopian? And you get mad? And it, God was mad, and his sister, Miriam, became a leper. She was leprous. And Moses had to pray for her, and God said, Put her out of the camp for seven days, and she'll be all right. Now, Miriam's name is Rebellion, but yet, that name, Miriam, also is the name called Mary. And you know what it means like this, that even that we have rebellion in us, because there is a seed of rebellion, because the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, he goes, the evil that I don't want to do, I still do. But the good that I want to do, yet I don't do, because I know within me, within my own flesh, there is no good thing. Did you know that uh, even though Miriam, God used her uh, to do great things when they crossed the Red Sea, she began to dance before the Lord and sang with the ladies and leave. There is, brother, and sisters, there is always something in us. God is, even in our rebellious nature sometimes, God still brings us to another place. We can still birth greatness. We can still birth good things. That there is a seed of rebellion in every one of us against the things of God. That's why it's got to be controlled and not be led by the flesh. That's why the apostle Paul says, walk by the spirit and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by the spirit. That's why in Romans 8 it says, therefore there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That walk not, that walk after the spirit or walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Because oftentimes we make decisions based upon our flesh. And not on the spirit. See, trusting God's ways is oftentimes kind of scary. Anybody been there? Yeah, yeah. Yes, one person raised a hand. I remember getting married, you know, and, and you know, even when, when you prayed and you know, it's still scary. Because you just like, is she the one or is he the one? Or, 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 or even, uh, has anybody here gotten a new job? Yeah, it's still kind of scary, even though you know it's the one, but, but you still trust and say, God, see, the thing with us is, we've got to know that when we belong to Him, He has our best interest in hand. And so when you do that, you can release it and say, God, even if I make the wrong choice, you're big enough to fix it. Right. And yes. Even when you and I make the wrong choice, God is so big because we belong to Him, He can fix it. Hallelujah. Thank God that God is big enough to fix our mistakes. See, the thing is, trusting God, just like this, the problem was Aaron and Miriam didn't trust God because they think that they had a role in uh, a God and yes God spoke to him but there was a uh, they wanted to say you know what Moses you should have married your own kind you should have married a Hebrew but he didn't he had two wives and neither one of them was Hebrew the first one was a daughter of Jethro who was a Midianite The second lady was an Ethiopian lady. And so they like, uh, why don't you keep it in the culture, man? It's because Moses didn't think it like that. You see, he he wasn't brought up with that. What he was brought up was just to think the way he thinks. See, because sometimes when we come to Christ, we are still so caught up. No, oh, listen to me. We are so caught up in our own cultural biases that when we read God's word, it's hard for us to let go. I'm, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but it's me. I know it. That's why we really don't, we celebrate the diversity of culture, but there's only one culture in the church. That's the Bible culture. Man. Yeah. And yet, oftentimes, see, we have leadership, we hear God, but God has his ways. You know, I, I want to share with you some personal things. You know, I've been, a, I've been a senior pastor twice in my life. And I've been an associate or an assistant pastor twice in my life. Okay? Twice. Twice, twice. I guess I wasn't good enough, so I had to do it over. I don't know. (laughs) There is nothing in church that I haven't been part of or done. I've been on the praise and worship. I used to run sound. I used to duplicate tapes of sang in the choir. I used to be one of the musicians. Right? There's there not much. I used to be a youth leader. I used to be a, a, a young adults leader. I used to be a young couple. I mean, there is nothing I've done. I used to clean the toilets, sweep the floors, vacuum, close. The, turn, there was nothing. I used to hold my pastor's bags. And I've done it twice. And one of the things that's very unique is as you read in, uh, when, when Moses is about to die. Okay? The Lord takes him up to the mountain. And he hears Moses. 40 years in the wilderness. He's at like 120. And the Bible says that his eyes are still good. Think about that for a minute. His eyes were still good. He still had all his teeth. He's still walking with his own power. He still had strength in his hands and arms. And the Lord says, come up here to the mountain. And he says, I'm going to show you the promised land at once. And so here's Moses standing there. And he's the only one that sees The promised land all at once. You know why God chose Moses is because Moses was not, he was able to break barriers and break through things. Maybe that's you today. You're the reason why God chose you and maybe you question that. But you know what God chose you is because you're able to see things that others in your family might have never seen. You're able to experience things. And don't ever question, God, why me? But begin to say, God, how can I do what you've asked me to do? Give me the strength. Give me the wisdom. Because God didn't bring you here to leave you. God didn't drop you in this place, in this time, just to leave you. You have to trust God's ways. You know that God didn't show Joshua. God did not show Aaron all of the promised land. He showed Moses. Moses. And there are things that happen that God knows. I often ask him, Lord, why you choose me? And the only thing that I can say is, I'm available. Ask yourself this, are you available for God? Of all the excuses Moses used, he said, "I'm hey, I got a good life, I'm 80 years old. You know, I'm good. I've been doing this for 40 years. I, I don't need a career change. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, Lord, I definitely don't need a career change. Definitely don't want to move to another place, another city, another town, another school, another job. But God has a plan for you. You have to trust his ways. Amen. Yes. And Moses was like, Lord, enough of the excuses. Here I am. I'm available. See, the oftentimes, trusting God is scary. Oftentimes, trusting God. And could you imagine when he went to... to God didn't even give him a name. You say, um, God, yeah. When I go to them, who should I say sent me? <laughs> and you know what God told him? Say that I am sent you. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. How, how does that work? I mean... Can a brother get a name? Right? I am. Who's I am? And in those two words, I am, it means I am everything you need. If you need a savior, I am him. If you need peace, I am peace. If you need healing, I am Jehovah. I am, I am. And in those two words, it encompasses everything God is. What are you asking God right now? God is your I am. When you are lonely, I am there for you. The Bible says that while you you can make your bed in hell, he is there. Okay? He is your provider. I am your provider. I am your healer. I am your banner. I am your love. I am the one that sanctify you. I am your savior. I am the one that redeems you. I am the one that carries you. I am the one that will see you. The Bible says that I knew you when you were yet in your mother's womb. So brothers and sisters, it's the I am. It encompasses everything that God has for you and me within himself. You know what else the Bible says? He's the many-breasted one. That means everything you need. He's your mom. He's your dad. He's your leader. He's your guide. The Bible says that when we don't know where we're going, he says the word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Start looking up at his light. Start speaking his language. When he says that when you don't understand, he says at the entrance of my word, it gives understanding even to the simple. Wow! Trust God and His ways. Trust God and his ways. Could you imagine Moses? Said, Moses, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> Moses, how long is going to get there? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you told me I am sent you. He did. Okay. And yet, does the I am know? No, I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine as any, if you have children, of course, children gives you a whole different lesson. It, they really do. Now, I've been in long road trips with my kids. When do we get there? I don't know. I thought you told me we're gonna be there soon I know but I really don't know you know who you do you know who's gonna be there dad no I don't know Uh, uh, do you you know what we're gonna eat no I don't know are there gonna be food there? I don't know and and you become the person of I don't know I could imagine could you imagine 1 million 2 million 3 million people asking Moses every day Moses are we in the promised land yet I don't know He's the I don't know. What are we going to eat? I don't know. And and when God sent manna, you know what the word manna means? What is this? I don't know. Literally, he picked up they pick up manna and they look, "Moses, what is this?" I don't know. How are we going to drink water out of this rock? How? I don't know. Just drink. How are we going to cross this Red Sea and the chariots of the Egyptian soldiers are behind us? How are we going to do it? I don't know. See, brothers and sisters, trusting God means you trust God. Yes. Have you, has any of you ever spoken to your children and you don't have the answer, but you just say this one simple phrase, just trust me. How often times we say that You have to say it to sometimes, just trust me. But you just told me you don't know. I know, but just trust me. (laughs) Isn't that funny? We laugh about it, but it's so true. When you deal with little children, you get tired of explaining every little thing until you get to a point where you say, will you just trust me? Why? It's because when you've known God for so long, has he ever led you wrong? And as a child, my children, I've never left them. We went out the other night and they wanted to have this, anybody know what a boba drink is? Those little tapioca things, you know, the milk tea. And they're like, dad, can we go? And I said, if you're buying, you can go. (laughs) And of course, people started offering to buy. And I I was teasing those that were trying to offer. I said, you know that even if y'all don't take care of them, you know I got them, right? You see, that's God. That no matter at the end of the day, you know that God is going to take care of you. That God has got it. Even if no one gives to you. Even if no one gives you this. But God has you in the palm of his hand. He's not going to let you go if he's willing to die for you. You think he's not going to give you little things of this world? Wow, that's preaching to me. Lord, I trust your ways. Amen. I might not understand them. God never told me. God never told us to trust or understand. He just said, trust. Amen. After you keep crying, after you keep doing, you say, will you just trust me? Yes, sir, I will. Let us stand. Amen. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. Trust me, it's hard. When you have a lot of miles to feed, it's hard. When you have responsibilities, it's hard. When you're moving from another city to this city, it's hard. Or moving away, it's hard. When you've lost someone that you love and there has been a separation, there has been a divorce, there's been a death, it's hard. You say, God, how can this happen? But you have to trust God's ways. He is so big that he can fix it. You know, I love that about God. When I came to understanding God... I can mess it up, and you're so big. You're bigger than my mess. And I figured out something, Pastor Samuel. He said that if he can't fix it, he can't be God. Think about it for a minute. That God is so big, he can fix it. And if he can't fix it, he couldn't be God. And God, God, God has to be God. You know, this afternoon, I don't know where you are, those that are watching us. Have to understand God's ways. Oftentimes, but you just have to say, "God, I trust you. I trust to know that you're doing the right things. I know that my life is in Your hand." The Bible says He knows every hair that's on your head. You, some of y'all have a lot of hair. If He knows that, if He can pay attention to your details, then we have to trust God's ways. Lord, even in this church, I had to learn to trust God's ways. It's different. It's not normal. But I have to learn to trust God's ways. Thank you for trusting. The altars are open as they sing this song. If you feel led, just come forward. Just spend a few minutes with the Lord. If you need prayer, we are here. And those that are watching us, I know some of you are. Maybe just bow for a word of prayer for a moment as they sing, and I'll come back